and welcome to the In The Pen podcast, part of the Pitcher List podcast network. I am your interim host, Jake Crumpler, and as always, I'm joined by Pitcher List's bullpen expert, Rick Graham. What's up, Rick? How you doing? How was your uh, all-star weekend? Um, doing good. It definitely it was a fun, you know, from dirt, from the draft through the derby to, mm-hmm. you know, the all-star game itself. It was a uh, definitely didn't disappoint this this week. Yeah, there there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, as you know, I do another podcast, and I was just I've d- I d- I've done three straight two hour podcasts, so it's <laughs> there's been lots to talk about. It's been a lot of fun. I was at work for the draft, so I sort of was watching it on my phone um, while I wasn't helping out customers and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was really interesting. the The draft was really fun. The All Star Game was lit, and so was the Home Run Derby, uh, despite all the controversy. But this is a bullpen podcast. Uh, we're not going to be covering a lot of the all-star game. We're just going to be mostly going over what to uh, watch for in bullpens this upcoming couple of weeks as we head towards the deadline. So we will be getting to that. But before that, we're going to talk about your closing time, the article where you rank the top 30 closers in baseball every single week. And as always, we're going to cover the three risers and the three followers fallers in that draft or in that uh, article, excuse me. And uh, this week, you've got a, a couple interesting ones. You've got uh, Edwin Diaz, Jorge Lopez, and Scott Barlow. What do you have to say about those guys? Why are they rising up your list? Well, with Diaz, it was only, you know, he moved up one spot and basically overtook Josh Hader as the top reliever and closer and reliever on um, the list this past week and it was honestly this was all actually happened before haters massive blow up on Friday last mm-hmm. Friday I think it was where he left, allowed six runs and it's more mm-hmm. to do with just how insane is what Diaz has been this year yeah um and I I didn't I didn't cover it today in closing time but I covered it last week and just like a 51.4 percent K rate at this point of the year I, I it's you know oh, haters sure. second with yeah he's not even He's six percent percent behind him. I mean, just he is leading in stats, and like no one's even coming close. He's he's just really in another world right now, and um, I love to see it because I always I like I had him as my top reliever last year entering the year, and I was like, just you can see you always like he's always like just sniffing, you know, this being the top reliever in baseball you can see it with you know there's spurts but he was the consistency wasn't there and then this year he's just turned it up another level and he's doing all this while you know the walk rate hasn't risen it's just i mean just everything's kind of come together for him this season yeah he's definitely one of those pitchers that is a little bit prone to blow-ups because he allows a lot of fly balls and he Mm -hmm. can sometimes walk the whole yard but when he's got his motion under control and he and he's putting pitches in the zone, that's basically all he has to do because he's basically mm-hmm. unhittable. <laughs> like you were saying, fifty one point seven percent strikeout rate. That's like, that's insane. Just like striking out more than half of the batters you face is just ridiculous. Like you really rarely ever see that, and that's why he's so far ahead of everybody. And I totally agree with you placing him as the number one closer. But uh, how are you feeling about Jorge Lopez? Yeah, I was a little disappointed not to see him in the all-star game but um yeah he i think now i was a little worried about him having this huge like this you know massive success as a closer and a reliever and the orioles possibly trading him away but now that they're kind of in playoff contention it looks like he could stick around as their closer for the rest of the year and he still has he's not a free agent until 2025 so I'm guessing he stays there. I mean, there's nothing really to suggest that he's due for any sort of massive regression. There might be a, he's getting a little lucky here, but I think his BABIP's in like the low 200s. But, you know, I, I still think he's a pretty safe bet for uh, being a top 15 or so closer for the second half of the season. For sure. His transformation from terrible starter <laughs> to. Lockdown reliever, lockdown closer has been really something to watch, and and it's been it's it's always cool to see somebody go from being bad to being good. That's always one of my favorite transformations. A guy goes from like failing in the rotation to being super elite in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That's always super fun to watch. Um, that's not the case for this next guy, but Scott Barlow was also moving up your ranks. And why was that? Uh, he's just like talk about consistency. He's been consistent as of late, and. 
Now he's someone I'm definitely a little bit more worried about getting traded, but you know, the only issue I had with him earlier on or in the season was Josh Stallmont was there. Are they going to split time? And I know Stallmont just came back off the IL, but this should be Barlow's as long as he stays again, another guy who's not a free agent until 2025. So he doesn't, the Royals don't need to necessarily move him. Um, but yeah, he's clearly the best reliever there. He's probably, I think could have made the all-star game. We talked about that last week. Um, yeah, I, I just I feel more confident, and I was con- I've been kind of high on him for a while, so I feel more confident in him uh, moving forward than some of the other relievers I kind of have in that that tier, which we'll get to a couple of them in the next of the the downs this week. Yeah, I think he's definitely changed his approach a little bit or something. I don't know if he's taken something off of his pitches so that he can control the walk rate, which is was a problem for him last year he was walking nine percent of batters but now he's down mm-hmm. under seven percent at a nice 6.9 percent and that has sort of helped his ratios be really good but you know he's striking out less batters and he's and he's inducing less swings and misses so i guess that's something to watch but if he's limiting those walks i think that's uh really important for him because he doesn't like induce a bunch of ground balls or anything but uh, yeah I, I definitely think he's very safe and it'll be interesting to see if he does get moved but we'll be covering that later and right now it's time to talk about the three fallers in your ranks and got some uh pretty interesting names uh, a couple of them are probably not due to performance and one of them definitely is due to performance the one that's due to performance is uh josh Hader. um yeah let's hear what you have to say about him it was definitely a rough week for him yeah he you know it- he has these, you know, droughts in the middle of the season. Like I, I've mm-hmm. mentioned it. I think he he's typically happens in August and this is going to happen for someone who, who throws, you know, throws hard like him. He gets a lot of induces a lot of fly balls. So he is prone to, you know, giving allowing home runs at a high rate, you know, definitely when he's, when he's not missing bats. So I think this is just a little bit of a, you know, bad stretch. I don't think there's anything really to panic about, but like I mentioned earlier, I just Edwin Diaz has been better than him this year and he deserves that top spot. And I still think haters, I still would take him over if Hendricks, if it was a straight one for one trade, but, um, haters definitely not the the top, you know, earlier in the season, I felt like he could have been, you know, considered in a, tier of his own but he's not yeah. he's not there yet yeah he's not the clear number one anymore i have uh some stats i, I tweeted this out right after his big blow up uh if you re- if you recall he had a scoreless streak for the beginning of the season through his first 19 appearances his uh it was a uh, 17 and two-thirds innings pitched where he didn't allow a run he had a 0.57 whip and he had a nice 069 batting average against so he was <laughs> literally unhittable for his first 19 appearances and then his next 14, which starts basically mm-hmm. the first appearance that he allowed his first run of the season, it covers a 12.1 innings pitched, and he has a 10.95 ERA, a 1.95 whip, and a 345 batting average again. So he's been struggling, sort of, and it's not just those back-to-back games during which he combined to allow, I think it was eight earned runs. So yeah, he's been he's been not de- he's definitely not been the uh, clear-cut number one closer in baseball over his last uh, 14 appearances. But you know, if you're guessing anybody's going to get back to being elite. He's one of them. Somehow his ERA is now 4.5. That's just, that's crazy yeah. after he had a, a scoreless streak for so long. But yeah, it's been a really rough few weeks or so for him. So he's really going to have to turn it around, especially if he wants a shot at, you know, having the chance at taking over as the number one closer again. But I, I don't see that happening again for a while. And then the other two guys that are dropping are David Robertson of the Chicago Cubs and Daniel Bard of the Colorado Rockies, a couple trade candidates. Why were you moving them down? Is it just because they could be on the move or was it because of performance? Just strictly for, yeah, th- I think those are the two most, I would think those are the two. I mean, we never know when it comes to the trade deadline, crazy things happen, but those two guys I would imagine are definitely going to be on the move. And I don't see a spot where either one of them lands in, potentially we'll talk about some teams later who might be in the mix for, for closers, but I I don't see them closing for any of the teams that they could potentially land with. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's been cool to see David Robertson sort of have a renaissance yeah. season after, you know, so many years of being injured and, and not effective. So that's really great. Uh, he is 37 years old. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't see any team moving him in the closer role. But, you know, with the Rockies, the Rockies going to Rocky. Like, I feel like people talk about Mets going to Met yeah. and that kind of stuff. I don't know. Rockies seem to be one of... Uh, I hate Spin to like it. put it in this way. They they seem like one of the stupidest teams in baseball. They just mm-hmm. do goofy stuff all the time. You never know. I mean, last year they had John Gray who was going to be a free yeah. agent and then they didn't trade him at the deadline. And then you're thinking, okay, they have to give him a qualifying offer or because he's not going to resign. You have to give him a calling off qualifying offer to at least get something out of that. <laughs> and they didn't even give him that. So I don't even know what they're doing most of the time. And I don't even think they know what they're doing most of the time. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if Bart is on the move. I'm pretty sure I heard rumblings that they might even extend him, but <laughs> oh wow, that, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that does seem like a very Rockies esque thing to do, but we'll have more time to cover this when we hit the uh, sellers at the deadline portion, when we talk about the trade deadline, but Right now, there's uh, some news to cover, some pretty pertinent news, and it was sort of unfortunate, especially for someone like me who owns this guy on his team, and Tanner Rainey hit the IL with a, was it a right elbow sprain, something like that, and that usually is a precursor to Tommy John surgery. Yeah. We haven't heard any news on that yet, but it seems almost inevitable, and even if he doesn't get the surgery, he's probably out until late September on one of the worst teams in baseball, so there's not any chance that he's you know going to come back and be really good for your fantasy team so he's a clear drop right now but how how did you feel when when this move came down other than you know feeling really smart because we just talked about him last podcast but uh how did you feel about it when it went down and and what are your thoughts on you know what could happen in this closer role and uh what fantasy managers should do to replace rainy yeah it's you know he was clear it's kind of clear that something may have been wrong the way I mean, it's been something's been bugging him for a while because he was so dominant back in 2020 and before 2019 on, you know, throughout their, their World Series run. Uh, he just hasn't been the same for a while. And it's, it's kind of a bummer because I, I really, there was definitely a point where I was like, this is the next, like, you know, big closer, someone kind of like Jordan Romano who kind of came out of nowhere. And like, mm-hmm. I thought Rainey might be the next Jordan Romano. And, yeah, he just, you know, pitching for a bad team this year didn't help him out. But, um, yeah, now it, yeah, like you said, it, prob- it probably will, could lead, probably will lead to Tommy John at some point. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we might not see him for a while. So that leaves us with Kyle Finnegan. And, you know, I would like to see Carl Edwards get a chance yeah. to close out games. He's been pitching really well for them. It's another it's a pretty fun comeback story. Um mm-hmm. So I would like to see Edwards, you know, Finnegan's kind of doesn't really just kind of boring, not, yeah. not an exciting player to roster. So, um, but I bet that's their first option. I feel like that's who they're going to turn to. He's got some experience in the role from last year. So Finnegan at first, but in those deeper leagues, I mean, stashing Carl Edwards and what isn't the worst, isn't the worst option. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing to keep note of with Edwards is that he could be on the move at the deadline. He's a free agent next year. So that that could keep him from the role if he's not on the team anymore. Obviously, Finnegan is the best strikeout arm left in that bullpen. So it does make sense for him to take on that role. I was hoping we would get some clarity before we hit the all-star break, but they didn't win any games going into the all-star break. So it was we didn't really get any clarity on that. We don't really know what Davey Martinez is feeling at all. So hopefully we do get something, some bit of notes, some bit of news before we head into the trade deadline so that we know it would be really something if they used Carl Edwards just for a game to sort of pump up his value right before the (laughs) deadline and then traded him. So like we literally don't know until August who they're going to use, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's more speculation. So definitely keep an eye on that situation, but some more fun news. I mean, obviously everybody was, sort of tuning into what was going on in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium for the All-Star game. Did you have any highlights from the All-Star game that, you know, sort of intrigued you? Who was your favorite reliever that pitched? What what was your favorite part about All-Star weekend? I think so. I was, at first, I hated that Alec Manoa was mic'd up. I thought that was going to go terribly. Uh, it was and, so sick. And it ended up being 
yeah, like I was glued to like just watching that was amazing. Uh-huh. And then when ne- they had Nesta Cortez and Trevino mic'd up yeah. later, also awesome. So I don't know how they, they can make that happen more, but like getting yeah. pitchers and catchers mic'd up would be obviously a fun, fun little, you know, addition to broadcast. Um, Class A was amazing last night. Mm-hmm. I was bummed that Edwin Diaz didn't pitch. I, I don't know how. I know. I'm guessing they. I don't know what they were actually saving him for if he was just not available, but I uh, wanted to see him throw. But yeah, Class A was electric at the end. And I also would have liked to seen a little bit more of Liam Hendricks mic'd up because he's always a, a, a treat when he's, you know, out there talking. Yeah, for real. Um, I, I think they did have Hendricks mic'd up. Uh, he was yeah, yelling just, about. Yeah, I wish Julio he had more than one ball over the wall. Yeah, more than one out. Like, yeah, but for real. he's coming back from you know coming back from an injury, so I think they wanted to play it safe with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good idea for fantasy managers for sure. Yeah. Alec Manoa was definitely, I think he oh, yeah. endeared himself to basically anybody watching that game. I think he's like everybody's new favorite player. He was already <laughs> one of my favorites. I already knew that he was, you know, the boy that he was <laughs> sort of yep. chill, like super dope. But like, yeah, that was that was really that was sick. He, he's definitely a fun guy. I like it, it's cool, like having guys that are like this young coming into the game. And he, he is just so confident in not only his abilities, but in himself as a person that it just mm-hmm. sort of like that's I think that's what made him so um I think that's why everybody liked what he was doing. And he was, he, yeah, he was really funny on there. Um, calling the commentator sexy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really good, but yeah. So now it's time to, uh, hit the main portion of our podcast, what everybody's tuned in for, which is covering the trade deadline, who we think is going to be traded from bullpen to bullpen. And th- this is really important because I think this is the biggest spot, the big, the biggest thing in, the trade deadline where you can improve your fantasy teams because a lot of the time the big bats or arms being traded are usually rostered especially especially if you're in deeper leagues like i know a couple years ago like when lance lynn landed with the yankees i forget which team you got traded from but he landed with the yankees and it was like oh yeah like let me go pick up that guy he's been pretty mediocre this year but you know he's on a good team now there's a lot of stuff like that with in the other positions but with relievers like not only does trading a pitcher to another team sort of can take them out of closer consideration or if they remain the closer they can become an even more valuable closer because they get more save opportunities but once those closers are moved from bad teams that opens up roles for other guys to take over and that's where you can sort of have a big impact on your own fantasy team so we've got 12 potential potential sellers and maybe a couple more that uh, could be looking to trade away their bullpen pieces which could open up roles open up saves that you can find on your wire really easily so we wanted to do this a couple weeks early so you have a chance to speculate early on sort of prepare mentally and you know physically with your teams on on who might be going out the door and which spots might be opening up so here we go into the trade deadline sellers i uh i think the most interesting team right now is what's going to happen with the Chicago Cubs? Like, I think we know that they're going to trade a lot of their guys. They've got a lot of options. I, I get, have us a list with all the guys that are going to be free agents by 2025. And they've got a lot of guys and none of them are free agents in 2025. They're all free agents in 2024 mm-hmm. or before. So, so there's lots of interesting guys there, but what, what teams are, are you looking at? Should we go team by team or do you want to uh, just pick a couple out? Yeah, I mean, we can um, pick a couple out of the, the, some of these teams, you know, that are in the sellers aren't they're not going to have many relief yeah. options. I mean, Oakland, I don't know if Oakland's going to, you know, trade away Lutrevino and even mm-hmm. still it's not really moving much of a needle or um, I mean, Arizona, I'm sure would love to get rid of Mark Melanson, but I just don't know if there's any takers there. So, yes, we, we can kind of pick and choose and. You know, yeah, I, th- I think uh, Chicago is an interesting one with not just David Robertson, but also Michael Givens mm-hmm. should have some, you know, he's got a mutual option, but I still feel like they'd move him if they, they get the right return or if it's in some sort of package for something else. Um, you know, Chris Martin and another veteran reliever they have there. So, yeah, Robertson, I feel like is the best reliever that's almost certain to go. I, and I don't. 
that should drive up his value a little bit and give, get the Cubs a pretty good return. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much they can get back just because he's they're only getting yeah. half a season of him. But if I am the Cubs and considering the direction their franchise has been going in, you sort of have to capitalize on his value right now because you never really know. I mean, there's no reason for them to keep him. They can sign him back next year if they really want to. And Givens, I mean, I guess the mutual option sort of just gives him more value if a, a team has the opportunity to keep him around in town. So maybe they can package both of them and send them to a team. It, yep. It's sort of hard to speculate which team these guys are going to go to, but since Robertson seems to be one of the safer guys out there and one of the guys who's been a closer this year, I could see him landing on one of the teams that you know are possibly looking for a closer this year. So he could be a probably the most coveted reliever out there, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a guy who's just a rental. Another team that's pretty interesting is the Kansas City Royals. They don't have that many options, but they do have one of the top options who we did cover, Scott Barlow. He could be on the move, but he's not a free agent for another couple years. They'll, they'll still have him for 2023 and 2024. Do you see him getting traded? You know, I, there was some speculation that they might move him last year, so I could I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets moved this year. It's especially with the the, you know, two more years of control that a team would get by acquiring him. He's possibly in the midst of one of his, of his best season. And I think he's been consistent enough where this could be a, you know, a team that really wants to, you know, put their bullpen over the edge heading, which, you know, a lot of these, these teams that you feel like their bullpens are already settled and and great, but they'll, they still look to, I mean, everyone's looking to add bullpen pieces at the deadline to, because when, when it comes to you know October, you're gonna roll. You're gonna need you know five or six quality arms coming out of the bullpen to mm-hmm. keep you in games. So I think he's gonna be probably possibly the biggest name talked about. Um, and this might be the year. Like, I wonder if I don't know what the team would be, but if you, you can package him with Benintendi and get a pretty nice return if you're mm-hmm. Kansas City. So I could see this being this being this the year where he gets he gets moved yeah definitely i i I think uh, i don't really know if the uh twins need any outfield help but if they could add another arm in that bullpen and add benintendi to a lineup that already has you know luis arias but adding another contact to her like that could really help out with the big boppers they got over there so that could be an interesting fit um I forgot to ask this for Robertson, so I'll ask it after I ask who you think would take over in Cincinnati or in uh, Kansas City if Barlow was on the move. I guess it depends on if Josh Stallman stays. I would imagine it would be him. Um, other than that, I, I um, Taylor Clark's been pitching well for them. They've been giving him a mm-hmm. lot of high leverage work that he could sneak in and get some some saves for the last two months of the year. Uh, possibly they go with one of their young, you know, Dylan Coleman types or Jose Cuellas. Cu- Cu- I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I apologize Cuas. for that. Cuellas, yeah. So, yeah, there's some options there. Their, their bullpen won't be terrible if Barlow leaves, but definitely definitely takes a big hit mm-hmm. without, uh, without Barlow. So same question there for for the Cubs as well. Who who would take over if I mean Robertson's pretty much guaranteed to go. Who do you think would take over there, especially if Givens goes too? That's so. If Givens goes too, then this is a very I love this potential opening for Scott Efrost, who's yes. been really good this year. He was he kind of caught my eye when I was looking trying to go, you know, doing my preseason rankings and mm-hmm. he, a lot of his metrics from last season. He didn't. I think he. You only pitch for about half a season, but he's uh he's definitely a very interesting reliever, someone to keep an eye on. Throws kind of a from a funky sidearm yeah. delivery, but he's still he's still able to get, you know, K's at a good rate, bunch of ground balls, limits hard contact, doesn't walk people. He's kind of, you know, everything you look for in a in a closer and a top top, you know, tier reliever. Exactly. I think he's very similar to John Schreiber in that he mm-hmm. has that funky delivery and gets strikeouts. He doesn't throw as hard as Schreiber, but I would feel pretty smart because Efros was my preseason dark horse NL closer candidate for the Cubs. So I, yes. I, I'm sort of rooting for that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that is definitely a good call there. 
Is there any other bullpen that you're hoping to talk about today? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to go over like a few more, but just wanted to see if you had one that, uh, you, you had on the top of your mind. Uh, I think Detroit's another interesting yeah, that's one. What I was thinking because, and there's more than, you know, one name there. There's mm-hmm. Soto is obviously potentially, I, I've heard his name depending on where you look, he's either certainly going to be traded or they might hold on to him. Uh, two-time all-star now back to back years. So maybe his value is at its highest. So maybe they look to cash in now. Michael Fulmer is definitely going to, I would imagine is going to be moved and mm-hmm. he's probably the best non-closer reliever available. Um, it, and we talk about like Jorge Lopez making that transition from starter to reliever and Fulmer's also in the last two seasons done that pretty almost near, you know, flawlessly and, he should definitely be on contending teams, you know, radar right now. Um, some of the other names that I didn't even like kind of realize, but like Andrew Chafin has got two, he's got one more year left and I don't know if they would, I don't know if they're going to move him. They might, you know, hang on to him for one more year, but he's pitched well this, this season. He missed time early on, but he's been great since he came back. And mm-hmm. Joe Jimenez, who's, I, Loved Joe Jimenez, thought he was going to be the next big closer. Didn't really work out. But he's been pitching really well this season. And, you know, his stat cast metrics are really, really good. And I don't know if a team will look at him as a potential closer, but he could definitely help out some uh, some bullpens. And he's still he's still pretty young for someone who's going to hit free agency in two years. He's only 27. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they definitely, 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 have a lot of, yeah. definitely got a lot of guys that could be depth for a really good bullpen. So I think they do trade a couple of those guys. You made some good points there about Fulmer being one of the better setup men in baseball right now. He's got a two, three ERA, and Jimenez has, you know, he bounced back from a couple bad years and he's striking out 34% of batters. That's a uh, pretty good. I'm pretty sure. And uh, yeah, Chafin has the opportunity to go, but they don't have to trade him. Like you said, they just signed him this off season. So it would be sort of weird, but you know, it's not unprecedented. It's hard for me to see Soto going though, because you there until 2025 through 2025. So they still have three more years of him after this year. And I think they were trying to be competitive this year. So it would be weird for them to trade Soto if they don't think they're going to be competitive next year. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really align with that, but you definitely made some good points on him that they, they would get a lot of good, prospects in return if they did end up if they did end up trading him I think Willie Peralta is also an interesting guy who could go there he's currently on the IL but it's not with anything serious and he's been pretty effective this year he's got a 2.16 ERA he doesn't strike out a lot of batters but he's got the ability to go multiple innings so that's sort of another depth piece so since we named like three or four guys that could go I don't like I said, I don't think Soto's going, but who who do you think would be the top holds option in that bullpen if Fulmer, Chafin, and Jimenez went? Uh, Alex Lang probably boosts yeah. up the board, and again, that's like just that's better actually than Efros. I mean, if Alex Lang ends up closing out games, he's becomes a you know a must add in pretty much every league. Uh, he's been again kind of changed his repertoire this year and made huge, you know, advancements and he's kind of more of a, he's slider dominant now, but I mean, that's not anything crazy because that's kind of how the league's going, but I still like him as probably a top 15 closer. If, if he ends up, if like, yeah, if all three of those guys get shipped off and he gets a chance, he's a, he's, he's legit. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, that'll cover the uh, Detroit bullpen. I, I think an, a bullpen that's sort of similar to that in that they have lots of guys that could end up being depth options for teams is the Miami Marlins. They aren't a terrible team this year. You could you could say that they're not terrible. They're sort of in the vein of the Orioles. The Orioles are definitely better. Don't want to uh, offend any Orioles fans out there. Alex Fast and... Uh, um, but yeah, so they've got Tanner Scott as the closer there. He's a free agent in 2025. So they got two more years of him. There's probably a small chance that he gets going, but if somebody's really enamored with his abilities, they could go and get him. But the other guys there, you know, Anthony Bastel and Floro, Richard Blyer, and even Eliezer Hernandez, who's put on the, in the bullpen on, uh, 
on Fangraph's roster resource, but is more of a, a starter who I really think has the chance of being traded. Who among these guys do you think has the best chance of being traded and who do you think could net the biggest return? I th- one I feel like they're going to probably keep Scott. Um, mm-hmm. So that leaves, I think Anthony Bass is having a great season and he would probably get them a pretty good return, especially if that club option gives teams a little flexibility. Um, he's probably a, like a tier lower than Fulmer when it comes to, you know, non-closer relievers being on being available but definitely you know like teams are always looking for these types and he should get them you know a pretty good piece if if, if they decide to sell him off and dylan floro is another he's didn't really struggle after he came back from a pretty lengthy il stint to start the season was not getting any swings and misses at all and he's been pitching better lately i'm still I've never been huge on Floro's upside because of the swing and miss stuff really is lacking when compared to a lot of other relievers. But, you know, guy with closer experience um, who has an extra year on his contract, too. So that would be uh, definitely someone else, I think, that they could move. And Blyer as well, you know, mm-hmm. lefty with um, some solid numbers all around for the last few years. So. Yeah, they could get something for all three of those guys, but I don't think you're talking about a huge return. Yeah, I think if uh, GMs have been watching Foolish Baseball, they'll be given the whole farm for Richard Blyer. Um, that's, a, that's a great Foolish Baseball video. I watch all of his for sure. Um, but yeah, there, there's some there's some great options in this bullpen. You know, Anthony Bass, like you mentioned, 1.36 ERA this year. I think he could net a pretty solid return. Even like you said, he's got the club option. So sort of could get even more back than maybe some of the other old guys. And Dylan Floro, like you said, just doesn't strike anybody out. 16.2% strikeout rate is not great at all. And if you are striking out close to as many batters as Richard Blyer, you're sort of doing something wrong there. But I think the only guy you could see climbing up the ranks in that bullpen, if a lot of these depth guys are traded and Tanner Scott remains in the bullpen, is Stephen Okert, who's been... Yeah. Uh, Really solid this year for the Marlins. He was a former giant. I, I remember when he got recalled. I have this feeling that when he got called up, I remember like watching his debut and this <laughs> was, I was probably like super young or not super young, but like in my teens. And I was just like, okay, like I don't have a favorite baseball player. So like this guy who's making his <laughs> debut right now, he is my new favorite baseball player. And I totally forgot about him for the last few years until I saw him again this year. And I was like, wait, is that the guy that I said I was going to like make my favorite baseball player? So yeah he's been pretty solid this year though what how would you feel about him being the top setup option in Miami and would you be adding him to your team on a saves plus holds league yeah he's definitely he's been moving up on my saves plus holds list and I guess there's a little bit of a log jam now but if that clears up then yeah he continues to move up because yeah he's been just really good he just hasn't been getting a ton of uh hold chances unfortunately but if there's if, if you know Bass moves out and even if Scott if Scott and Bass go then there, that definitely opens up possibly save situations for him and I don't know exactly Anthony Bender's close to returning but who knows at this point he's began a rehab assignment but that's about so he should he should be back by the time the deadline you know happens but still you know Oker's been their best reliever out of the rest of that group of Bass and Scott leave. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's very fair. There's not too many other bullpens that we could be seeing closers moved though. I I'm, am interested in seeing what the Orioles do with Jorge Lopez. He's not a free agent until 2025, but I don't really expect them to move him even though he was an all-star and this is probably the peak of his abilities, but they've been really competitive this year. So I think next year they're probably going to go all in, probably sign a couple big free agents or at least yeah. one. And so, Lopez being around for two more years could definitely be valuable to them in the closer role. I mean, a lot of people have been speculating that he's going to be on the move, but you just moved him up your list, which sort of would suggest that he's got a pretty firm role there in Baltimore. Do you think he's going to be traded and who would be the first man up if he does get traded? I feel like they could and they very well might, but I feel like they're kind of, they're starting to build something like, you can see it now. You can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel in Baltimore. And 
you can move off some smaller pieces, but I feel like he might be, maybe he's more than just, you know, a fill in closer for them. Maybe he's, maybe you don't extend him, but like you at least get two more years out of him. And, you know, I feel like they're starting to trend in the right direction that they should hold on to their major pieces. But if he does move, Felix Batista comes to mind as probably the best available in-house replacement. Um, I like him more than Dylan Tate or a couple of the lefties they have there. I feel like Batista could be, if he was closing again, that you talk about like he probably slots right into where Jorge Lopez is ranked. He's, he's been just as good, if not better this season. So they wouldn't lose much there, but they would lose, you know, the, you know, their top setup guy if Lopez was moved and Batista took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Batista is definitely a better strikeout arm than Tate, but uh, Tate, Tate has been being compared to, uh, shoot, I just forgot his name, Clay Holmes, because yeah, he gets yeah. a lot of ground balls, which is uh, that's sort of that's sort of a stretch, you know. He's, yeah. he's he's not quite that good. He doesn't strike out guys at even a twenty percent rate, but he doesn't walk anybody and gets a lot of ground balls. So he is sort of interesting. I could see the Orioles going with somebody like that just because he has more experience as a closer. He's twenty eight. I'm pretty sure Felix Bautista is younger, but um, either yeah. way. He is by like a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, I mean, yeah, that's the, I guess that's the only reasoning they could use like this guy's more experienced, but yeah. So there's not really any other guys in that bullpen who could be on the move. I think the Orioles are really on the verge of, you know, becoming one of the better teams in baseball with, with their young players, their young stars and and their pretty solid bullpen. Their bullpen has been really good this year. I write about it. Every time I hit the relief ranks, they've got like Tiano Perez and Dylan Tate, Felix Bautista, Joey Krebiel, Keegan Aiken, and then you got Jorge Lopez. They, all those guys have been really good this year. Most, all of the, all those guys I named have sub three ERAs and that's really good when it comes to bullpens, but there's two more bullpens that have closers that I think could be on the move. We talked about Daniel Bard. So, so that's one of them, but the Diamondbacks have Mark Melanson and the Pirates have David mm-hmm. Bednar. And I think those are very two contrasting pitchers. Definitely. So, I mean, about as contrasting as you can get, not in their skills, but in, you know, if they might be traded and what their return might net. Mark Melanson's not a free agent until next year, but he does have a 20 or he's not a free agent until after next. Year. No, what did I write? Yeah. Oh, he's a free agent next year, but he's got a 24, uh, mutual option and uh david bednar is not a free agent for a while i think 2026 or 20, no, 20, yep. 2027 i think yeah um, so do you think bednar gets traded because i know we talked about this last week as something that we would cover because i really don't think he's going to get traded i think he's going to be around for long enough to be a part of the next really good pirates team but it could really net them a really really good return because he's going to be a really good closer for a long time it seems like and whatever team would get him would have him for a long time this is yeah. This is a tough one from trying to think of what the pirates should do because I do I understand I'm leaning towards they should probably keep him. I think that's what happens, and you know, like guys, kind of like with the Orioles, like the pirates haven't really seen the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel yet. Like they're s- still struggling, but they're getting there. They're building something with the you know the draft picks they've had, the prospects they're they're accumulating. They're getting closer to like where he's a free agent in 2027, they should have built something by then. So I, I think he's probably one of those pieces they want to keep. Um, but with a, not a lot of, you know, big name relievers available at the deadline this year, I think it might be worth, you know, seeing what teams are willing to offer for who, for if he, if he is available, he is certainly the, going to be the best available reliever so i think it might be worth listening to, to to offers on him that doesn't hurt but i ultimately think they wind up hanging on to him yes that's that's very fair i totally agree with you so to prospective fantasy managers looking to capitalize on that role changing huh. maybe take a step back because there's not there's not a high likelihood that that role is going to change and I think the only guy I would like in that bullpen, obviously, That's we both love too, yeah. <laughs> Will Crow. Will Crow's been really solid this year. Yeah. I like what Yer- Yeri De Los Santos is doing as well. He seems to be a pretty interesting guy in that bullpen. But yeah, there's it's not the best bullpen in baseball. It's obviously not a great team. So even if Bednar does end up going, I think there could just be lots of uncertainty there. You know, if you have multiple guys that could be the closer, it's sort of hard to figure out 
who gets the majority of the save chances. So I, th- I think it's hard to, you know, uh, speculate there. So maybe use your resources elsewhere on the other bullpens we talked about. And the last one we're going to cover before I ask you if there's one more you want to talk about, because I think the Diamondbacks is an interesting one, because not only do they have those you know, depth pieces, but they will be trading their closer. Most likely. I don't see why mm-hmm. they would hold on to Mark Melanson. He does have a 2024 mutual option, like I mentioned, but there's no reason for them to keep him around, especially because he's not good at all, <laughs> but so. they've also got a uh, Ian Kennedy there. Who's on the IL and has a 2023 mutual option. I think both of those guys are going to be on the move. And then they also have depth pieces like Caleb Smith, Noe Ramirez, Keenan Middleton, and even Luke Weaver. So they, they have tons of options of, of, right-handers that teams could pick up and a long relief lefty and Caleb Smith. Who would you want to see on a new team the most? Like who do you think could be the breakout among these guys if they do get traded? And do you think that anybody is even going to give up anything for Mark Melanson? I, the thing with Melanson is he's been a closer for so long. I don't, when was the last time he was actually in like a setup role? And I don't know. It's just, he's been so, bad this year i'm sure there will be some interest but it might make more sense for them to just bring him back and hope he bounces back next year and then you know you know sell high instead of now where his value is kind of low the other the rest of this bullpen akita middleton's obvious is, is an interesting name caleb smith and luke weaver had some success as starters but it's uh yeah, I don't. <laughs> There's really nothing going on. Noe Ramirez is kind of interesting, but like he, he's not going to be if he if he gets traded to a contending team, he probably winds up you know pitching in low leverage spots. So I don't think there's really much value here. Um, but I'm sure they're going to make some moves with this group. I just don't know who ends up staying once the dust settles and who who can really who we can really. Pre- project as the potential closer there if Mm -hmm. Melanson and everyone leaves. (laughs) Yeah, if you had asked me preseason, I would have said J.B. Wendelkin, but I'm pretty sure he got DFA'd or something. It's not looking good for him. But I I think Middleton could be an interesting breakout on another team, not because he hasn't been good. He's just always dealt with injuries, and that's sort of what's held him back. I remember when he first came up with the Angels, and people were pretty enamored with him, especially because that was before they had Rysel Iglesias, so he was looking like he could be the closer of the future. But I think he had Tommy John surgery, came back with the Mariners, wasn't too great. But now he's in Arizona where he has a big chance. And he's got a 26% strikeout rate and a 1.74 ERA. That's pretty good. So I think if he does land with the right team that he could be put to good use. But like you said, it's not going to be in any sort of high leverage situation. And there's not really anybody to speculate on here. So hopefully one of these guys remains around. I think we didn't mention Joe Mantiply, who is a closer or not a closer. He is an all-star this year. He was the Diamondbacks loan representative, but he has only had like one year of service time, maybe a little more than that. So he's not going to be a free agent until like 2027 or something like that. So I, they don't have, they don't have to trade him. They'll have him for a long time, but if they did want to trade him at the peak of his value, now would be the time. But if they don't end up trading him, he is going to be the closer once everybody's gone. So maybe speculate on Mantiply. And if he does get traded, then, dip out of there, but is not a great team. So he won't be getting too many opportunities. So was there any other, uh, any other bullpen you wanted to sort of mention real quick before we hit the break? I, well, curious into two teams. First of all, who I'm curious as to who you think would, if or when Daniel Bard gets traded mm-hmm. and possibly others in Colorado, is there anyone, is there anyone there that's interesting? I mean, a lot of these names here are, that could go or it's like their whole bullpen is kind of 2023, 2024 free agents. So mm-hmm. is there anything there? Is there, I, I can't really think of anything unless Robert Stevenson stays. Yeah. I was, I was enamored with Robert. I've been enamored with Robert yeah. Stevenson for quite a while. Ever since he moved from being a starter, he's had really good stuff and he was really good last year in his first year in Colorado. So it sort of seemed like he was going to be one of those pitchers that excels despite course field mm-hmm. and he has not been doing that this year i know he's had some injuries but he has a 5-2-3 era so that's really not great and he's not striking out even 19 percent of batters i wish tyler kinley wasn't injured because he was yes. really good 
yeah, that one was really saddening when he went down. But yeah, I mean, they've got so many guys that should be on the move because there's no reason for them to keep them around. Like I said, Rocky's going to Rocky. So they might just hold on to everybody because they think that they've got a shot at the wild card or something like that. Or they just want fans to show up to watch Carlos Estevez pitch. But <laughs> you, you never know. Yeah, I think uh, the only guy you can speculate on is Lucas, Lucas Gilbreth. He's been the best yeah reliever other than column a and bard he's got a 330 era and a 27.6 percent strikeout rate which is the se- second highest in that bullpen but he's a lefty he's the only lefty in that bullpen i'm pretty sure so you know if if they want to stay with the uh uh forgot right handed uh, yeah, yeah yeah just the, the usual right-handed closer yeah. that 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 teams like to use then maybe they'll stay away from that but yeah if all those guys are gone he's the only guy left so maybe maybe it is robert stevenson because he is a righty but yeah i mean it's it's hard to pick up colorado relievers in general they're yeah. just so scary can't trust it yeah that, yeah that park is just terrible and I'll, I'll throw one more name as a potential someone i'm keeping an eye on as a potential sleeper trade candidate and that's Jose Leclerc, I, you know, he's got club options coming up. He, so he gives again, teams potential flexibility. If he, he just came back from Tommy John, he's been pitching. He hasn't been pitching great, but you know, velocity wise, he looks like he's back to his normal self. At least it might take a little time to get his, you know, command under control. If it even ever does come for him. Cause that's always kind of been Leclerc's downfall is his command, but yeah. Definitely a, a very intriguing arm that I feel like, it, you know, teams like the Dodgers and, mm-hmm. you know, just teams like that kind of take these talented you know, arms and turn them into stud relievers. And yeah, I wonder if some if that's kind of a, you know, under the radar name, someone takes a shot on to help them out this year and then potentially close for them, you know, in the next year or two with those club options, depending on how, you know, the season goes. Yeah, that's that's a very astute of you. I I was also thinking that he would go to a team like the Dodgers. I don't know. That's that's, that's always <laughs> the first team on my mind. Yeah, um, that they're just gonna like get some guy who was good in the past or something like that and turn him into a really good reliever. I think the other two guys in that bullpen, Matt Moore and Garrett Richards, the two veterans over there, yeah. are really interesting. Matt Moore has been somewhat incredible this year in a breakout season of sorts in the bullpen. He's got a one point seven three ERA. I don't think anybody would have guessed that he would be a shutdown closer or I mean, he's not the closer. He's been a shutdown reliever, but he could definitely help out another bullpen out there. And uh, Garrett Richards also has been sort of in a multi-inning role and he's been really solid. 4.32 ERA is not great, but it's solid enough. He can eat multiple innings that they have a, whatever team gets him would have a 2023 club option on him as well. So there, there are other depth options there as well. So, it's going to be interesting to watch this Texas bullpen, especially with their closer role in flux. I think Brett Martin probably holds on to it, but do you think like if Matt Moore and possibly even Matt Bush and Richards and LeClerc, if those guys all go, who do you think's like the number two behind mm-hmm. Brett Martin with the, with the ability to take over for him other than Joe Barlow, who's currently I was, injured. I was going to say Joe Barlow, once he gets back from his, yeah. uh, his injury is uh, blister, but, yeah, that bullpen, if those guys move, that bullpen gets thin really quick. I have Brock Burke, and he's probably mm-hmm. deserves a chance. He's pitched well enough. So good. Um, that's kind of the only other name. Uh, Dennis yeah. Santana was good, and he's really been hit hard lately. Um, mm-hmm. But Santana's definitely another name kind of to keep an eye on. And Jonathan Hernandez just finally returned also from Tommy John surgery. That's, you know, he was kind of the potential closer of the future not too long ago. So if Hernandez is, is okay, then he should definitely be in the mix there for uh, some saves down the, down the stretch. Perfect. Well, those are most of the sellers. I'll uh, hit a more, a couple more just briefly when we get back um, from this quick break. All right, and we're back on the In the Pen podcast. My name is Crump, and I'm joined by Rick Graham. As always, we haven't gone anywhere. (laughs) Um, We are back to finish up our trade deadline coverage for this upcoming couple of weeks. 
who might be on the move. The last few sellers that we didn't cover, I'm just going to run over real quick. The Angels were one of them. You don't really know if they're going to be moving the two offseason additions that they got this year, Ryan Tapera and Aaron Loop, who both don't have to be free agents until, until 2024. Loop has a club option, so he could be a free agent before that. But you know, the Angels don't have to move those guys. Maybe they will keep them around because they obviously hope to be competitive next year as they still maintain the services of Otani and Trout. They've also we've also got the A's also in the AL West. They really only have one option and it's Lou Trevino. They also have Austin Pruitt, but he's not a free agent until 2025 and isn't that great. But Trevino is sort of at the bottom point of his trade value. So it would be sort of hard to deal him and they don't really have to just yet. They could still trade him next year and he'd still have another year of service time after that. And the last the last bullpen, which is one I suggest you avoid with all your might is uh, Cincinnati, where they could trade away Hunter Strickland, who's a free agent next year, and Buck Farmer as well, who was recently recalled. They've also got Luis Sesa and Ross Detweiler on the IL, who are free agents in the next couple of years as well. I think the only guy who's going to take over there is um, uh, Alexis Diaz. And if you were already speculating on that bullpen, you should have already been speculating on Alexis Diaz because he's much better than what Hunter Strickland's doing. But yeah, do you have any final thoughts on the trade deadline and on either any of those three teams? Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think the Angel. I think LA probably sits tight and brings Tapera and Loop back. They've, they've had they've been kind of disappointing this season after you know they made them their big relief relief pitcher signings um, to kind of bolster that bullpen. Hasn't worked out quite yet, so I feel like they give them another shot next year unless the team blows them away with an offer. Lou Trevino, again, yeah, I did probably stays, but uh, Cincinnati, I think Hunter Strickland definitely gets moved because I don't see why not. He's pitched okay, to the, and he's closed out some games, and he's got veteran experience, so mm-hmm. I feel like a team takes a chance on him, and that should hopefully open the door for Alexis Diaz being the full-time closer there, which I just want to see that for the last two months of the season, please. I know they're yeah. not going to win a ton of games, but it will be just fun to see the Diaz brothers kind of mm-hmm. closing out games. This, Yeah, that's a great point there. Um, I one time saw Hunter Strickland in person since I live out here in the Bay area, I was going to Chick-fil-A and uh, I held the door for some guy and his wife with a baby and, uh, and they started walking away and I have uh, not to brag or anything. I have really good facial recognition. Like I never forget a face. And I looked at him and I was like, wait, what? And I like looked at my friend who doesn't watch baseball and I was just like, I'm pretty sure that was Hunter Strickland. He's just like, who? <laughs> I was like, yeah. uh, no way. That was actually him. Cause then I like, it clicked in my mind finally that I had just recently saw on like Instagram or something that he had just had a baby and it was like a newborn baby. Oh, and I was just yeah. like, no way. Oh, I love you, Hunter. And I like asked my friend just like, oh my gosh, like that was crazy. Like we just saw Hunter Strickland. He's like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, okay, I'm going to Google it. Like but, I know what Hunter Strickland looks like, but I pulled up a picture of his wife who's with him as well. And I was like, did, okay. did you look at the wife? And he was just like, oh yeah, I looked at her and I was like, uh, okay. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, that was definitely her. And I was like, no, way that was crazy um that was like a couple weeks before he fought bryce harper too oh, I, was gonna <laughs> say, I was gonna say like you could well, he's the guy who fought who punched bryce harper but okay <laughs> if it was before that then yeah, yeah. no I, I think i must have instigated it or something he just wanted to be left alone at chick-fil-a and he took it out on bryce harper <laughs> yeah um love telling that story um i i got a better story about tony larusa that i'll tell on a future podcast but um Ooh. yeah that's yeah stay tuned if, if the <laughs> listeners are interested in yes. that story stay tuned but yeah that's um that's going to cover all the sellers for for this uh upcoming couple weeks definitely keep an eye on that keep an eye on the reliever ranks as well as we'll be covering all the moves and movers and shakers and who lands where and what the what that'll mean for each bullpen but you did write down a, a couple teams looking for closers three teams in fact your boston red sox the philadelphia phillies and the minnesota twins i'd love to try to match a closer for each of these teams so that you know we can sort of look okay. smart when, when it when it happens so who who do you hope that the red sox sign as you're a red sox fan you probably have somebody that you have your eye on uh i mean it's cuz they just got whitlock whitlock back and i I don't think Daniel Bard, I, I don't know how the reunion, the Daniel Bard reunion, I don't know if, how I feel about that. I think, mm-hmm. I think Robertson probably 
interests me as well as Michael Fulmer. If Bednar is somehow available, I would love to know what that would cost. Uh, same with Barlow. But I feel like Robertson's probably the most likely target there. And that would really lengthen their bullpen. And I, I think that almost turns, that could turn them in their bullpen into a bit of a strength with, as long as Schreiber, you know, is, has a good second half. And, you know, with Whitlock and Hauk being able to go multiple innings, mm-hmm. it's something I'd be excited about. Yeah, and uh, the other team is the Phillies over in the NL East. They have sort of kicked their closer out of the closer role, filled him in with Sir Anthony Dominguez and Brad Hand, which neither of which have sort of run away with the closer role. I wish Dominguez has. He hasn't been horrible, but he also hasn't been amazing. Who do you think could would be a perfect fit for Philadelphia, a team that seems to be like a graveyard for, for relievers <laughs> for some reason? Anybody that goes there sort of just ends up being terrible. They had that had been, but this this season they've yeah. actually. I mean, that Brad Hands had some success, and um, Alvarado's been pitching better lately. Their bullpen's kind of coming together, but there's yeah, I don't know if they trust one guy in the closer role. So I don't know if they go out for a closer necessarily, or maybe this is a team. This is like maybe a good spot for Michael Fulmer. Mm-hmm. Kind of just another, just another good quality, you know, bullpen arm that they can, you know, mix, mix and match and save situations if needed. But you know, you you, you kind of get you get more, just adds depth and you know, lets you know them kind of choose, pick and choose who closes out games with, with all the options they have. Yeah, they sort of just need a reliable arm that's not going to blow up and stuff. I think Anthony yeah. Bass is a good choice for that, yep. where he's not going to you know challenge anybody for the closer's role, but he's going to be an arm you can count on in the back end of that bullpen. And the final team is the Twins, who have sort of been jumping around their closers. Emilio Pagan seemed to be the favored option there after Taylor Rogers was traded in the offseason for Pagan. Um, he didn't hold on to the role, though. He was really terrible over the last month, and... Yohan Duran has been getting a lot of safe opportunities. He's clearly the best reliever in the bullpen and would probably be better than any reliever that they could acquire, but they seem to want to either limit his usage or keep him out of that role for whatever reason. So who do you think would be an ideal addition for the twins? I think this is a, I think Daniel Bard's a good fit for them. Um, Kind of a good, you know, pretty Big side. It's definitely a better ballpark than Coors for him, um, and just gives them a bit of a veteran pre- presence in that bullpen with closing experience. And that's kind of I feel like if they get a guy, they're going to want someone with closing experience with you know having limited right now with just kind of Emilio Pagan closing for half a season in Tampa Bay. So yeah, I think Bard or Robertson makes makes sense for them. Yep, th- those are some uh, great points. I could also see them being one of the teams going for more one of the more one of the relievers with more control as they yeah. they have pretty good prospects. They they have uh sort of the desire to compete for the next multiple seasons as they're still calling up some prospects and stuff and they just signed Correa so they sort of want to go all out while they have the opportunity. But yeah, those were some great points. I I these Teams are definitely worth it to watch. So if you do have the closers currently on those teams, if you've got Hauk, if you've got Sir Anthony Dominguez and you've got Johan Duran, don't drop those guys. I still think they're really good, but maybe be one of the first guys to start speculating on the other closer jobs to open up because you may be without your closer and that could really hurt you and surprise you if you're not ready for it. So definitely prepare accordingly. But We're getting close to the end of the podcast. We've sort of gone over every single bullpen in baseball. There's obviously going to be some of the big competitors in baseball going for closers as more of depth pieces, but you know, those guys are going to go down in value when they move to a bullpen that's better than the one that they're leaving. But there is always stuff to watch for over the next week and what are you going to be looking out for across the next week up until our next podcast next Wednesday or yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I don't think there's going to be many moves by from between here and there. So maybe not any trades per 
you know, necessarily, but there's definitely, you know, coming out of the all-star break, there's just seen kind of, you know, and in a general sense, injury news. And, you know, there's a lot of names, you know, Drew Pomeranz, uh, Fire Ice, and there's, there's some good relievers out there that should be working their way back soon. And it's kind of been silent for uh, lately. So yeah, just hearing some news on that front. Um, as far as committees go and seeing how kind of seeing how things work out in yeah, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Tampa Bay this week was kind of all over the place again with yeah. Brooks Raley and is Brooks Raley going to take over as the lefty there over Colin Pochet or, I mean, it's who knows there. It's kind of hard to predict, but yeah, that's, and also, yeah, we got to see what happens in Washington since we haven't had mm-hmm. a save post Tanner Rainey injury. Yeah, those those are definitely some of the bullpens I'm going to be watching. I hope Brooks Raley is that guy. I really bought into him this offseason, not by anything he did. You know, he was like a workhorse last year, sort of pitching every single day for the Astros. But when the Rays gave him so much money, that sort of opened my eyes to, yeah. oh, wow, they really value this guy. They don't give anybody a lot of money. And they yeah. gave this random reliever who had like a <laughs> a an ERA north of four last yeah. year, a ton of money. So they, they probably see something in him and, and think he's going to be really good. And he has been really good this year. I think he's probably one of the most unheralded, really good relievers this year. He's got a 33% strikeout rate. He's, I think he's been the best reliever in that bullpen all year, even though Jason Adams has been really good. Yeah. Uh, I think Rayleigh's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Don't go dropping Adam, but maybe if you do have Poche, maybe try to get Rayleigh instead if he's on the wire and, yeah, totally agree with the Washington note. Definitely keep an eye there because that that job is wide open, but that team is really bad. I, I, there's, you're not going to be getting many saves. I was already saying to drop a guy who's better than all the other guys in that bullpen. So definitely, yeah, try to stay away if you can, but maybe you don't really you don't really have the choice because you are in mm-hmm. dire need of saves. But I think the only other bullpen to keep an eye on is Texas because. We have seen Brett Martin get a couple yeah. saves since Joe Barlow got removed, but it's not confirmed. He only got three saves and it was over like a few day span. There's just not many other guys there that could take over. I we, we talked about a lot of them, but a lot of them could be on the move, which could leave Martin as the only guy there. And I think many people thought it would be Dennis Santana when the first when Barlow first went down, since he's sort of the best right hander in that bullpen. But he, you know, blew up over the last few weeks. He doesn't strike out guys at all. He's more of like a ground ball, weak contact kind, kind of kind of guy. And a lot of managers like to have a strikeout pitcher as the closer. So I definitely would continue to speculate on Brett Martin, but definitely keep an eye on that bullpen as you don't really know what's going to happen, especially with the break coming up. But do you have any final thoughts before we send the listeners home? Uh, I think we covered pretty much most of the, at least if not all of the uh, the teams for the trade deadline. Yeah. It'd definitely be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. It it seems on on the surface, it seems like there aren't as many big names potentially on the move when it comes mm-hmm. to relievers. But you never know. There's always there's always surprises. You know, August first. So yeah, interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So hopefully this podcast was helpful for. All the people that are looking to speculate on closers for this trade deadline. This is definitely one of the biggest moments in the season where you can upgrade your saves threshold. It's 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 really wild right now. Like I said at the top of the show, you will see bats move. You will see starters move, but they're not going to have a big impact on your team because they're not available on the wire. So there's going to be lots of closers coming up coming up soon. I was telling, I'm pretty sure I was telling my brother like, some guy offered him a trade for for some closer and I was like yeah you don't need to pick that guy up or you don't need to trade your closer because there's going to be so many options coming up really soon that you'll you'll have a yeah. chance to upgrade that part of your roster if you're falling behind in saves or if you're in a points league that limits games started and you need you know more closers on your team as you sort of inch closer to that starts limit but yeah so definitely a lot to watch out for this week I'm hoping we get a couple trades that we get to talk about next podcast but that's uh that's about it. So that's going to be the episode number 14 of In the Pen. You want to uh link your socials before we head out. 
Sure. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at I am Rick Graham and obviously my stuff and, you know, everything Jake and our reliever team does for our reliever charts every week or every day. Uh, you can find that stuff over at pitcherlist.com. Yes, for sure. And you can follow me at Jake Crumpler. I also write for the Athletes Hub. I do a weekly top performers article, which is a lot of fun to read, even if you don't play fantasy baseball. But what are you doing on Pitcher List if you don't play mm-hmm. fantasy baseball? Um, yeah, and you can also check out my work at Baseball HQ. And I just came out with a big article for Pitcher List, not reliever ranks as usual. It's uh, the best trios, the best offensive trios in baseball. That one's really interesting. You'll be surprised by one of the teams that landed in the top three. So definitely go check that out. But that is going to do it for the 14th episode of the In The Pen podcast. See you next Monday or next Wednesday. (laughs) 